0: Welcome to episode six of Skate Feezy, the all-inclusive skate podcast where your Hello. hosts Tina and Andrea. Oh
1: my gosh, episode six. That's crazy. That brings us to halfway through our first season and we want to thank you all for coming and joining this wild ride with us. But We're so excited what the future holds and we have a lot of exciting projects and a lot of it spectacular guests coming on and we just can't wait to share it all with you guys. We want to thank you all for joining us, learning with us and hopefully one day skating with us. <laughs> so today we're in different locations um but we are rolling with the I'll punches Yeah,
0: making it work.
1: <laughs> um But just adding a little spice into the podcast. (laughs) Yes. And speaking of guests,
0: we have another amazing guest on today's episode in honor of Women's History Month.
1: Yes. March marks Women's History Month. And to honor that and celebrate a skater who contributes a lot to our skating community, we wanted to bring on a fantastic, guest that has been featured in anti-click zine and um, has had numerous roles as a coach and kind of um, instructor if you will but also is just such a friendly face within the community and we're very excited to have this conversation. And I want
0: to note she's also another fellow east coast skater (laughs) so with that let's bring on our guest
1: thank you so much mary for coming on to the skate Susie podcast we're so happy to have you here today
2: awesome i'm so happy to be here
1: (laughs) so happy to have you here kiddies if you don't mind going ahead and sharing with everyone um a little introduction about you and sharing your pronouns with us so
2: my name is kid ace or my uh legal name is mary smith uh she her and um I am a roller skater. I'm also a health coach, which is kind of an umbrella term. Um, Health coaching is its own thing, but then I also do personal training, and I teach yoga and um, nutrition. So a lot of of body-mind stuff in my world here.
1: I love that. I love that for sure. Tell us a little bit about how you got your name. Where did Kid Ace come from?
2: So Kid Ace is a... Radiohead reference to the album Kid A, and uh, I just started playing roller derby as I my college job. I remember it like very clearly, and trying to come up with like the name because it was you know really important to have the right name. and I really like Radiohead, and um, and I liked Kid A, and then I was like, well, I need something a little like a little edgier, pl- more playful because Radiohead is pretty really, like
0: Meh.
2: uh, <laughs> so. Um, so I went with Kid Ace and that, yeah.
1: That's how it I love that. Yeah. The name is so important. When I first started skating, I know like I had, you know, my idols that I looked up to and they all had a skate name and I was like, Hmm, you know, I need one. I need a skate name. So on that note, tell us a little bit about your skate story. How did you get into skating itself and then park skating?
2: So I started Roller derby, uh, with the Providence Roller Derby. Providence is in Rhode Island. Um, I started in 2007, and I started with my best friend at the time, Trophy Knife Holler. So her and I started roller derby 2007, and we uh, it was a small league because it's a small place and. Um, we both got on like the travel team that next year and we're just like totally enamored with it. So I played roller derby from 2017 to 2016. Um, I almost made 10 years, but in, uh, and then in 2016 is when I started, uh, park skating. Um, yeah. So by that time I had moved to California, to Oakland, California, and I had been playing with the, um, Bay area league for four years. So when I finished with Bay Area League is when I um, switched to park skating. And that was really like a right place at the right time scenario. There were like two other park skaters in in Oakland that I knew of. Um, One of them had played in our um, roller derby league, um, Dita. And she, yeah, Dita taught me like everything that first year that I was park skating, um, everything that like videos didn't teach and there was was a different kind of video uh, scenario back then. But so it was Dita and baby girl D. So those two were my posse when I first started park skating and it was super fun. Yeah, those were like really, 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 really fun days. We did a lot of street skating. Uh, that's when anti-click kind of started was around that time. So I did some writing for anti-click and we started making videos. So we made, um, trash life, which is like a street skating kind of thing. So that was really fun. It was really fun to just kind of like dive all the way into it in those first, in that first like year or two that I was not doing roller derby because, Roller derby is a really big hole to fill if if it's what you've been doing for, you know, the better part of your adult life. So finding somewhere else, some other way to keep skating was, like, essential for sure.
0: <laughs> so what made you stop uh, doing roller derby in the first place? Did you just, like, want to try something new and that's why you picked up park skating? Or was it just, like, you kind of fell into it?
2: Yeah. So, um, well, roller derby in the Bay Area... When I moved from Rhode Island to the Bay Area, roller derby was totally different. It was a way higher uh, level of training, way higher level of performance, um, and so those four seasons that I played with Bay Area, I played for the home teams, I played for the travel team, and and it was really rigorous and it was really hard on my body. And um, I had had a, a knee surgery throughout the roller derby thing, and I was just starting to have some extra like spinal conditions and so it was like kind of like a quit while you're ahead situation. I was I was feeling pretty healthy, but I was feeling like if I kept doing this, maybe not. So yeah, and uh it was really scary to stop. <laughs> it was really scary to stop. So I was like, what am I gonna do? Um but luckily I found Dita and Baby Girl and and the rest's history.
1: <laughs> Love that. So out of curiosity, where are you based now?
2: So right now I live in New York.
1: We're Jersey girls. We're not that far. East Coast represent.
2: Hey, that's awesome. Nice. Well, you all have to come up here.
1: Hell yes. <laughs> so talking about that, what's your favorite part about skating?
0: Or maybe like your favorite of like each type of skating. Yeah. That that could be good. So like your favorite part about derby, your favorite part about park skating, favorite part about street skating.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what's important or i think what my favorite thing about actually each of those things is the community and um, so roller derby i joined roller derby when i was a junior in college which was like my late no my early 20s and um at that time for me was was like a weird time and uh in general i have some anxiety and depression and just like making friends is kind of challenging (laughs) yeah um (laughs) So when my best friend and I found the league, we were like, we were just like, I think these are our people that we don't even have to like do the small talk thing with. And this is something that we can love together. So that community and and at that time that it was all women, like all women. And that was also really important to me at that time because it was a really safe it was a safe place for me, and at that time in my life, I was just kind of getting off on my own, and I was, like, realizing some things about my childhood, and blah, 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 whatever. I just, like, needed a safe place, and being surrounded by, like, you know, 65 women go to the Bay Area, 200 women, like, it was awesome. So the community in Derby was important for that. Um, as far as park skating and, like, street skating goes, the community in this way is important but i feel like i'm like in a little bit of a different position um i remember in derby my position in the community when i first started i was just like trying to listen and absorb and learn as much as i could um and and i feel really lucky to have had that experience so that now uh park skating and street skating and things i can i can feel like i can call on the experience i had that were effective for me and share those, um, as well as continue to learn from others because this whole community is just kind of about sharing this knowledge as well as like creating. Um, I think the creators in this community are so inspiring, like the people who create tricks and, you know, things, um, it's all it's all very inspiring and awesome and i think that's just like what keeps me coming back to roller skating
1: (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. it's addicting in the Mm -hmm. end it really is (laughs) but such a healthy addiction yeah so yeah that's beautiful to hear about so what grows inside of you when you think about the skate community you know like what fills you up
2: i i think it's awesome to feel like you belong somewhere um and it's awesome to feel like you belong somewhere without having to say much um it's like you see somebody else on roller skates you session with them you can you can just like know um and i just think that's really special cuz sometimes it's hard to it's hard to feel people out it's hard to be a judge of character all the time and sometimes it's nice to just have A community where you just get to do this thing that you love to do and you can kind of let go of differences um also
0: so yeah it's crazy how you were saying that because like that's literally how like martina and i met or i didn't know who she was we were just at the skate park and i was like hey let's let's skate together and like here we are now so it's interesting like how we all kind of rally and you kind of touched upon it about how um when you did derby how important it was because like the community and all just being surrounded by women so why do you think it's important to have like women representation in the skating community
2: i think like on a personal level it's been really important to have female representation in the roller skate community because well for example my female examples when i was growing up were a little dated Um, and there was always something inside me that knew that I didn't want to like be a householder and I didn't want to raise children. And it, I, I always felt a little lost because that's what you were supposed to do. And those were what the female, um, influences in my life and the females who were around me in my life were doing, um, you know, at that time. So when I joined roller derby, you know, you could, you meet, women who, you know, were in their forties and never had kids or you meet women in their early twenties who have like three kids and can like do it all. And it's just, it was really, really amazing, uh, to know that there were so many options for how to live your life because before that it felt really limiting. Um, so
1: yeah. I feel like I can relate to this I am totally like I kind of have chills right now listening to you speak because I feel like I'm right there in that time so just like reminding myself that there are so many different life paths and that that's okay and you know well respected
0: yeah I've met people like you were saying people in the skin communities in their 40s I've met people like in their thirties like I've escaped with sometimes people who are like 17 they're still in high school and it's like we're each having our own journey and just we're all connected through skating and it's just so beautiful what the community does for each one of us
1: yeah so you were talking earlier about how you had the opportunity in roller derby to kind of absorb and learn a lot and I feel like being an outsider to your life um from our perspective, you are totally someone to look up to and to learn from. So I want to know, you know, I feel like this platform for many skaters has kind of just fallen in their laps, (laughs) if you will. But how do you feel about having that platform and having that, um, visibility and, and what do you hope to do Um, with it? Are we talking
2: about like the social platform or like,
1: uh, I suppose but it goes beyond socials I mean in general in in your daily life with work and everything you have the, the power of being an influence a guidance towards people through your profession but also through skating you have grown this platform on social media and just as being an instructor whether it's um you know the yoga class for skaters or teaching at moxie skate camp different things like that you've kind of grown this platform now
2: yeah um yeah, I'm glad we can kinda of talk about both because I'm definitely conflicted about the the social piece. Um and mostly because I feel like I'm I'm a little bit aging out of it and there's like other things I, I wanna be looking at and spending my time doing. But I but it's important because that's how I can communicate with people and that's how I can help facilitate getting us Face to face and getting us together, Um, even if it's not face to face, right? Because Yoga for Skaters is all virtual and it's probably always going to be virtual. Like, this experience with the virtual teaching has been incredible. Like, I have a whole network of friends in New York City now. It's like, you know, people from all over. So, it's awesome. As far as the platform for like being a coach um, and Being an influencer, I think where my priorities lie in that role is to inspire um, people. I believe that all of us have everything we need inside of us already, and it's a matter of finding a way to pull it out and be aware of it and, and decide with intention what we want to do. Um, with the things that come from our hearts and our minds. So I feel like my role as a coach is to facilitate that process. Um, I want to ask the right questions to people. I want to give people as much exposure to things (laughs) as as I can. Like, for example, the workshop, that I taught this past weekend at um, Jamestown Skate Products. It was, it was the mission for me, the mission of that workshop was to expose these roller skaters to as many skills just so they have this vocabulary um, as well as get them comfortable in the space because I want them to come back. You know, I want them to come back and just skate together. Like we don't, it doesn't always have to be instruction but there's a there's some comfort that people need and there's some fluency that people need before before they can kind of really get into it and you know i want to help inspire that and hold people in this space and and make people feel comfortable and and make people feel proud of what they can do um because obviously the social platforms are highly manicured um and the the work that goes behind, like, a 15-second clip can be days, can be years, like, and, and we don't see all that messy stuff. And, um, you know, I want to make sure people can see me mess up, and I want to make sure people know that, you know, you get cheered for if you bail sometimes. Because it's like, you can have a good bail, just like you can have a good trick, and uh, it's all part of it. And, uh, you know, I, yeah. Just want
0: to share it. So I'm curious because you were talking about doing the virtual yoga classes, and I think that's very interesting. Like because I used to do yoga when I was in college, and I started doing yoga a little bit to help improve my skating. I didn't realize how much. Me and Martina always we preach how important it is to stretch before skating. So I guess I'm curious, like what was the idea behind starting doing um, the yoga for skater? classes and how did you come up with that idea
1: so the
2: yoga for skaters classes so the first yoga for skaters that i taught was at rollercon um in and it was in person and it was in 20 i want to say 2017 or 2018 so that was like the first time i brought the yoga that i do into the context of skating um and And so I taught in California in 2018, I moved to Washington state. Um, And in Washington state, I did some other jobs and never really like found my studio home. Um, I subbed at some studios and this, that, and the other thing. So when the pandemic hit and everything closed, it was, it was kind of fortunate for me because I didn't have a studio home. So I was able to take that opportunity and create, create, you know, this. (laughs) So that's kind of how it happened. And people were really receptive and really kind and supportive and joined me. And, and uh, yeah, I think it, I think it kicked off really well. As far as the practice in particular goes, um, yoga for skaters is vinyasa based, which means it, it emphasizes pairing breath with movement and for me just like among other things but that basic concept I think is really fundamental for any kind of movement uh including roller skating um I think one of the one of the earliest cues I was given for learning how to drop in was to drop in on the exhale and that was just like that was just like I was like oh obviously like yeah like put this with the breath and like, this is a rhythm, like momentum. You don't control momentum. You like ride momentum and you use momentum. Like, and you know, you compare your breath with that kind of stuff. And magic happens.
1: <laughs> that makes me think, do you have any preparation that you do with yourself and your body before, you know, taking a run in the bowl? Does it go beyond the deep breath? Do you have like a counting system?
2: That's a good question. I mean, so For my life, uh, I do a warm-up in the morning to make sure my body works. It's really fun being in your late 30s. Right. Uh, So always a little, like, warmed up for the day. When it comes to, like, roller skating, like, for a session, I definitely do dynamic stretches. So moving through range of motion, I'll try to do, like, five minutes in between, like, warm-up runs, do a little this, that, and the other thing. But... As far as the skating itself goes, it is like one of the only times in my day where I can just like not do anything. Yeah, it's just like sometimes I spend a lot of time like drilling something and, and and you know, I have my cues, the things that I want to focus on to do in that way. Um, but sometimes it's just a matter of like pumping to get out of breath and then getting my breath back and doing again and just like kind of working myself. Um, so I, I think it's just like skating offers a lot, like depending on where you're at in your head space, like you can make it like whatever.
1: (laughs) It's so awesome (laughs) for non-skaters to realize, or just to conceptualize if, if you're uncomfortable putting wheels under your feet or whatever it is to understand the feeling that it can give. Because it's indescribable. And like you said, it's like there's infinite possibility in what you can use it for and what you can do with it. It's just like, it just like, it's unfathomable. It really is. When you think about it on like a, I don't know, a small level, it really is. So tying back to your yoga classes, why do you feel like it's important to give back to the skating community? And what do you think that can provide for the future?
2: Oh my gosh. Um... I mean it's it's the most important thing to give back to the communities that have given you so much um and I think something that I realized like as I was having jobs and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life something that I realized was that service providing service to others was like just something I had to do something that had to be part of whatever work I do and so that combined with just the kind of um, moral obligation to like, you know, give back to what's been given to you. Just like, you know, it's compelling. It feels like a no brainer. Like I, I don't make money with yoga for skaters. It It's like a break even scenario, but it's like it gives me it gives me a place to go twice a week. It like gives me a community um, because yeah, sometimes showing up to teach is really hard, but then you like see the people pop up on the Zoom and you're like, let's go. Um, <laughs> so, and that's the same thing with skating. Like sometimes it can be hard to just like wanna do anything no matter how much you love it. Sometimes it's just hard to make it happen. But but if you're part of a community, you can like use that momentum. You can use other people to help you get there. Um, Cause it's like one of those things like, you know, you'll be happy afterwards, you gotta get you gotta do it first
1: (laughs) totally I feel like um sometimes or at least when I think about it on a basic level it can be hard to think about ways to give back to the community especially if you're a newbie skater or a skater that doesn't necessarily feel like you have the value to give back but I think it's important for every skater to know that there is value and in many different ways that you can give back whether it's attending a class, a yoga class for skaters, or you know, buying a t shirt from your favorite skater or teaching the kid next to you how to drop in or just skating yourself. Like skating yourself keeps the community alive and keeps it going. So whether it's on a large scale and you can offer, you know, instruction or classes or it's on a smaller scale and, you know, you're giving back in the way that you can, it's just important to to kind of be there for the community and like you said, you know it's a it's a cycle, and so you have to keep replenishing the cycle. Um, if you're gonna take from it and learn from it, then you also have to give back. And so we're definitely when we're both healed, attending a yoga class for skaters <laughs> for sure. So this episode is mainly about um, Women's History Month, and we talked we touched upon being a woman in the skating community, but just in general, what do you feel like empowers you as a woman?
2: Yeah um what empowers me as a woman i think it's all all the women that i've met along the way i can remember the first woman in my life i was in high school she was the mom of my boyfriend's friend like and i just remember being like look at this cool woman and and then she, when i graduated high school she like gave me this book about women's history and then it was like it was over. I was like, I gotta follow this train. It's like women are where I'm gonna get the fuel to like feel confidence, feel empowered um and and at some point along the way, I realized like how much I need women because my personality offers some things, but that there are some women out there whose personalities offer things that like I don't have, but if I have these women in my corner, us together are like can do big things and I think that's important and I'm really glad to have gotten to this space with women because historically we're all in competition it's it's a it's a man's world uh so but but at the end of the day like the more we work together and support each other um the more empowered obviously we all can be and yeah uh so I mean yeah it's just other women, for sure.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's like you were saying. One of my favorite parts about like the skating community is like we all empower one another. It's roller skating tends to be very woman dominant, like of all the skating, and I think it's great because I remember the first time I went to a skate park, like I was really scared. You just see all like the skateboard boys, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't want them to make fun of me. But then you see another female skater, and then just. They just come up to you. They just talk to you, and each are each other's role models. Like it's so. We, me and Martine, are so happy that you were here joining this call, and we can use um, you to highlight for women's history because you're definitely for each of us. We can say you're one of our role models for skating for sure. Like you've been in this like skating industry for like a, a while now, and it's still like a relatively new industry. So, who are some female identifying skaters who have inspired you along the way?
2: Gosh, it's a really long list Um, and it starts way back in 2008. It's like those women in Providence who like taught me to play roller derby and, and by accident, I learned to roller skate too. Um, Those women are really important in particular, Ashley Holt, who's known as crazy Dukes. Uh, That was her roller derby name. She, taught me a lot about, um, like, the discipline of, of women's studies and the the movements behind, like, women in history. And, and she was also uh, an amazing roller derby coach. She was – she's still one of the most disciplined people I've ever known. She um, She did off-skates when nobody did off-skates for roller derby. Uh, she coached us. She, she was she was just like all in. And and seeing someone like that as my first like roller derby person was – that just like set the foundation. I was like, all right, this is what it is. This is what I have to do um, if I want to do this at any level. Um, so Ashley Holt's definitely on there. Um, Noelle Mar- Marandola, who's Trophy Knife, the best friend who I started roller derby with. Um, so then like, you know, all of the 2008, uh, Rhode Island Riveters, y'all are awesome. So there's that. <laughs> um, and then same thing, like the, the women I played, uh, roller derby with in the Bay area on the Bay area, all stars, um, we did some really magical things together and, um, as a unit. Uh, and I think that like 20, how many were there, 25 of us, 24, 25 of us, like getting that many people on board, like at one point on that team, we were all doing off skates. We had perfect attendance. Like we came in third in the world. Like it was just, you know, it was a, an experience where you're like, oh my God, I'm I'm such a small piece of this big thing, but I also feel really big and awesome. Um, So like shout out to those coaches who's Brawl and Angel and um, Chantilly Mace, who are still like two women that I love so much, and who still support me to this day. So, um, so yeah, definitely the roller derby women have have been the ones to, because I feel like I carry that roller derby discipline into park skating. Um, there's there's no competition, but it's still the same payoff to like work up, work out off skates, and then watch that translate to on skates um in the park. So yeah, those are some of my big guns. <laughs>
1: this is a little off topic, but I just feel like our conversation has touched on this at a couple points. Um in terms of women and just in general, even unrelated to skating, but definitely also related to skating and the social media factor. Um Andrea and I have talked about this previously where we feel that sometimes whether it's because park skating on quads is has just become explosively popular or, you know, it just being the social media factor in our day and age. Um, I like to think of myself as an old soul. <laughs> I'm not really the biggest fan of social media either, but I definitely feel like sometimes it can foster a feeling of competition, whether it's, you know in your subconscious or you know it's right there and you're feeling it it can definitely stir up those feelings and referencing what you were talking about earlier you know working with other women and working as a unit and just being supportive I think that's really important to touch upon and I think it's really important to touch upon the fact that sharing knowledge within the skating community will propel everyone forward and just you know band us so Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how important it is to share information and knowledge within the community and also just being supportive, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yes, that is super important. And I think what is the work for that is self-work and, and competition, especially competition that we kind of, uh, create, you know, from like an Instagram video or from like an article online, some of that stuff, we just kind of make up, we just make it up, um, because of personal insecurities or lack of confidence. And so for us to really be able to come together, I think it requires us to, to look at ourselves and say, you know, why am I feeling in competition with this person? Um, What is, is there something, what is the thing that I feel like maybe I'm lacking? Um, what is the thing that I feel like maybe I'm scared of? Um, and when we ask ourselves those questions, um, we can start to understand, you know, our strengths and our weaknesses. Um, and then we can connect to the fact that something that is universal as humans is that we all have strengths and weaknesses. Um, and you know, there's not one person out there who's just like, got it all put together. Like the Instagram feed is put together. Um, But like, as people, you know, um, it's, it's something we do. We, we experience pain and we experience pleasure. We experience sadness and joy. And um, it's important for us to make sure that we connect to ourselves on what's going on so that we don't project that onto others that's what divides us for sure
1: you were talking earlier about the ways to move forward within the community and so if we could just touch back on that what do you think are or where is the room for the skating community to improve and where do you think improvement can can lie or is needed
2: I think that like the community in terms of the people I think we're probably everything we need to be exactly where we need to be at exactly the right moment and um so as people i think we're i think we're doing what we need to do and i think that any sort of like rush to instagram fame or roller skate fame like is is going to be detrimental there's such a value in the journey um what i think the skate community needs is a product industry
0: agree agree <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: A product industry that um, is viable and that can, like, in a timely way, uh, respond to the needs of the market. Um, So you know, and there's still time for that. Um, But yeah, so that's what I. It redirects the conversation, but
1: (laughs) okay. East versus West, tell us, what is the skating scene like? You've been everywhere, so we've learned about. What are the differences? And, um, you know, is there a difference in style? Is there a difference in the way the community gets together? What are some of the differences in locations? Yeah.
2: I guess what I'm observing, from what I'm observing right now, and I got to the East Coast in September, so hasn't been a terribly long time but it's been it's i've been lucky enough to meet a lot of awesome people already um but i think what i'm noticing is that i mean the west coast for sure has a lot more exposure and i think that's just mm-hmm. the nature of the industries on the west coast um like the film industries out there and media industries mm-hmm. are out there so like a lot of roller skaters are like in these industries to be able to just mm-hmm. fluently do this, like, make films, make edits, uh, just to be able to do it in their free time. Um, that's not to say there aren't East Coasters doing it like you two. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and as far as the East Coast goes, like, these guys, like, there's a lot of potential here. Like, it's, he, it's yeah. here, and... I think the skill is here. I don't think the people on the West coast are skating any better uh, than the people on the East coast. I think it's an exposure (laughs) thing. I think the, the the skaters on the East coast have their own like vibe, their own thing going, um, which has been really fun to, to kind of get into and and learn about and, and see people um, see different people do things. Um, But yet, and at this moment, I think there's this other dichotomy between the pandemic starters and then mm-hmm. the pre-pandemic starters. Um, so like a lot of this dance skating, mm-hmm. like when I started park skating, that was like, it was in the rinks. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was like, but it's like, I mean, I've taken a dance lesson or two on my roller <laughs> skates at this point now. It's like, it's nice. Um, so
0: yeah
2: uh yeah i don't know i don't know the real point behind that but there's (laughs) the the pandemic like (laughs) mob to roller skating has definitely grown everything um and i and if anything it's bridged the gap between west and east coast because it's only got more people doing it so thank god for that right
1: (laughs) and honestly i feel like we're just heating up on the east coast (laughs) it's summertime again (laughs) I think that's part of the reason why the East Coast is a little bit lacking. It's just because
0: of the weather, like especially where like Tina and I live. Like we have what, like one one or two indoor like skate parks to go to.
1: One in the entire state. (laughs) It's a nonprofit organization, actually. Shout out to Freedom Skate, y'all are the best. You guys are a nonprofit organization that puts on. um, They have a whole indoor setup that they change regularly per season, and. They make it free for children to learn. They have board donations and everything like that, which is also another way to give back to the community. If you ever have leftover, um, you know, gear, donating that is always a great way to give back. I see your puppy. I just
2: woke <laughs> up for the hundredth time
1: today. <laughs> That's Rio. <Yeah>. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: know Oh, what a cutie. That's oh. my
2: buddy. Oh. This is the rider guy. <laughs> oh,
1: that's so cute. Do you guys ever go skating together?
2: Um, He he pretty much comes yeah. everywhere with me, but he is a oh. little uh unfriendly to new people. So we have to be okay. careful where we go, but he's a pretty good skate dog. <laughs> Actually, uh-huh. recently he's, <laughs> he's not scared of skates. He's not scared of skates, but recently he's gotten a little too comfortable. There's this indoor mini ramp I go to, and he'll get on the ramp, and I'm like, I can't bring you in here if you're gonna get on the ramp. Uh,
1: That's so funny <laughs> <laughs>
2: because he we're like pretty codependent. I got him, and then the pandemic happened, so we're together all the time.
1: Yeah. Oh.
0: Uh, <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it
2: pretty awesome but um oh so one thing i wanted to say about the east coast piece which i think is kind of cool and which i hope that we continue to learn more about is um so the boys i live with it at at, in jamestown skateboard
0: he's like pay attention to me he's
2: like okay so um east coast wise so the boys I live with skateboard, you know, full time, but in the winter, like the, the skateboard is, is kind of the cross training for snowboarding. So like there's these other things people do over here in the winter. So it's like you said, it's like, it's not 24 seven. And, um, I'm a firm believer in like interdisciplinary, um, things leading mm-hmm. to things getting better. So, um, you know, I'm sure by snowboarding in the winter, you're not necessarily losing anything come summer and you go skateboard. Exactly. I'll be interested to see like how that plays out and I hope it does.
1: <laughs> Having a lot of skateboarders around and I'm sure you've skated with your fair share of aggressive bladers. What do you find the value in, in sharing the space with different types of wheels and, and how do you find inspiration from skateboarding and blading and do you? actually.
2: So I am, I am like 100% inspired by skateboarding, really like watching skateboarding and skating with skateboarders. Uh, Skateboarder actually, like, was the one who really got me to do my first backflip was a skateboarder. Pat Black, you're the best. Um, So, uh, and riding with, uh, riding with skateboarders is, I can see, I can see that translation easier then I see it in rollerblading. Um,
0: yeah.
2: And, and like with the slides and grinds, it's like, obviously there's a lot of overlap there. Um, I don't think until like the last year and a half or so, those were like quite that interesting to me. Um, (laughs) because I really like big airs and, and the flips and like, I was really into street stuff. Um, but, but like, After seeing like rollerblading do it, I see people in roller skating get into it. Now I notice it in skateboarding and like see that translation coming full circle back to the roller skating. But I would say hands down, really like hanging out with skateboarders or the ones that I've met uh, have been so wonderful and helpful and um, yeah, they're, they're awesome. I love skating with skateboarders.
1: Love that. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your current skate setup, if you will. Um, shout it all out, if you can, so we can spread the knowledge on parts <laughs> in the growing industry.
2: Yeah. Um, so right now, I have um, I have two setups. One is very brand new, and the other is what I've been riding. So I ride the Moxie Jack boot, um, which was a game changer for me. I started park skating in the lolly and then when the Jack boot came out, it was like, I'm back flipping, I'm <laughs> airing. Like it was yeah. awesome. That was definitely something that we needed at that time. Um, so Moxie Jack boot is still, is still my go-to boot and the reactor pro plate, uh, pro series plate from Rydell is my plate of choice. I ride narrow trucks Still. <laughs> um, they keep yelling at me to try the wide ones, but we'll see what happens. Um, Ride narrow trucks, got the orange bushings, uh, I got bowl bombers, 103s, 52. Those seem to be. So I like those for, for the indoor bowl where I skate right now. Um, Quad Republic has a shop wheel that. Is rounded on both sides. So the bowl bomber on the inside is a corner and a rounded outside. Right. And then the quad Republic shop wheel, it's called It's Not a Phase Wheel, that's rounded on both sides, which I find that I really like riding on concrete parks and like on street. Because um, you don't have as much, uh, the surface isn't giving you the slide, so your wheel can give you the slide. Um, so that's okay that's my summer versus winter indoor versus outdoor um (laughs) but uh then i got gumball toe stops i don't know i can't get away from gumball toe stops i love them and i plow through them (laughs) i love toe stop tricks yeah so that's that's what i'm riding right now what block Uh, are you using cib blocks yeah for sure cib blocks
1: that's like the only one that's compatible on the the meal, right?
2: Um, so I've had the Bigfoot blocks on a reactor plate in the past. Um, and I had the Bigfoot blocks like way, way back, like in 2017. And okay. I've seen what he's doing with them now, which is awesome. Um, so I, you know, I'd be down to skate those again or whatever, but I just kind of skate what the shop sends me. And <laughs> I've like found my things, so I really like you know, I really like this setup in particular right now. It's yeah. Good,
0: you
1: got a sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Love> it.
0: <laughs> so you were saying that you really love doing airs and backflips. Like what are other your other favorite tricks and are there any tricks that you're currently learning or aspiring to learn right now?
2: Yeah. Um So I'm really glad you asked because I feel like it's important for me to say this out loud. Um, (laughs) Right before Christmas, I had a gnarly fall and kind of busted my wrist. So I took a break from like big tricks as a, you know, a risk assessment uh, issue. Uh, So, so I've discovered some new things that I really like. um, One of which is, slot, backside slides on pool coping. Um, so backside slides on pool coping, any kind of like dynamic maneuver. Uh, so like a shoot the duck grind or like a backside to shoot the duck and then pop back in. Um, those have been really fun. And then I've also been, um, Mm -hmm. just getting into lines, like trying to make lines, um, there's uh there's a pair of twins. So there's a twin. There are some twins <laughs> who frequent the bowl where I skate. Um, and those guys are like so inspiring, inspiring to me right now. And when I watch them skate, I just like try to do their lines. Um, they'll they'll get they'll get a grind in there. They'll get it. They'll get multiple airs in there. Sometimes they get a hand trick in there. Right. Um, But no matter what, they have this way of, even if the trick gets a little messed up or they like end up on the deck, they can like style it back into the line, which I'm just like so fun to watch. And yeah, and it's so fun to try to try to do, right? Because it reminds you that this sport, there is no right and wrong. Like you only nail a trick if like you feel like you nailed the trick, like you know, it's really up to you. I mean, unless you're trying to do something on request, but like anything goes.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: So building lines has been like my, my, uh, recent
1: favorite thing to do. That's so funny. Cause Andrea and I are always like, we'll go in for a line and then we'll be like, we forgot. Like, we <laughs> Forget
0: every trick. Like, it's so nice to hear that you also struggle with making lines because it's suddenly like it's nice because like if we're skating together like I, we'll call each other like what tricks it's like okay do a cat cab it's like okay do this yeah. next slide yeah. the game
2: I like to play is um the game I like to play is either do f- five reps of a trick 10 reps of a trick or the same trick in as many of the same features as you can get in the line so like Backside slides on a pocket. We got one, two, three, four. We got four pockets. So like how do you build the line to hit every pocket with the slide? Mm -hmm. Like, so I try to do that kind of stuff. I do like that kind of stuff.
1: Such a good like (laughs) mental game because that will that's just so smart. That prepares you to do it in any obstacle or any, you know, point. That's so smart. I'm gonna have to steal that one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. For sure. Going back to the skate park, we'll bring it back to being a woman at the skate park. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel as a woman at the skate park? And I'll also make this location based as well, because I think it may differ depending on where you skate.
2: Yeah, um, definitely differs on where you skate and mm-hmm. who is there uh, mm-hmm. skating. So I guess as a female in the skate park, I definitely at least I try to present with confidence and like, you know, I deserve to be here as much as anybody else. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, if I'm the only female quad skater, I'm probably gonna do a handstand for some cred so that I right feel on. a little bit Yeah <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> that's me and my yeah. cartwheel <laughs> yeah
2: but recently I've been I've been running into situations where I'm the only female and there's a lot of um boys like children uh and in those scenarios what I've found is the best strategy is if things are not feeling okay uh to just leave or sometimes children want to look up to older people, whether they're on quads, whether they're female or male. And if those kids approach you, I think it's important to, you know, give them what you got and support them and help them know that this is a place, this is a place for them. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've had some really endearing moments with some of the kids here. Uh, I didn't even know they knew who I was, but they They want my help and they want my support, and I'm like so happy to give it to them.
1: (laughs) That's beautiful. And that can honestly happen for anyone. I feel like those are like some of my favorite and most blessed times at the skate park. They're not even days where I'm, you know, really shredding it or practicing hard. It's like the days when I can hold the little kid's hand as he tries to drop in or like give them the little tips, you know, that will help them be more confident. But it's especially fun, I think, being on quads. When there are kids at the skate park because yeah. you always get that kind of shock like, oh my god, I didn't know you could use those here like oh my gosh that's crazy and then there' will be like the sisters that come with their brothers for their skateboard you know and they'll just be like running on their ramps and then they see you there as a woman and a skater in the park and I've literally sat with little kids just on their ramps, you know, talking about quads and talking about how you could do this too. And it's just, it's so rewarding. I love it. I love it. On that note, is there any advice or tips that you would offer up to new skaters? Um, Yeah, I think
2: for new skaters, what I would say is like, listen and observe as much as you can. Like, absorb everything. I think sometimes I think sometimes it's hard to acknowledge like not knowing something or not knowing what you don't know. Um and and when and when you watch, when you observe, when you like kind of reflect, you can you can get a better sense of like where you are uh in that way. So and and the other thing i would say is just like skate as much as you can like you don't you don't um you don't get it unless you're on your wheels like the i'm like so grateful for every gnarly fall i've had and i've i'm so grateful that i've had that i've been able to skate as much as i have because yeah like I don't know maybe you guys have had this experience but like I remember when I first started park skating every time I went to the bowl I was like why does this keep feeling like the first time I've ever done this like when is this not going to be scary anymore but it's just like showing up just showing up showing up showing up and and it'll stop being scary and you'll start knowing what your thing is because That's what's really cool about roller skating, especially in the parks and street is like, you can make it your own, your very, very own. Um, but like an artist, you know, artists are trained to work with the rules. They learn all the rules and then only when you know it all or the framework that is only when you know it all, can you start to like get outside of it. Um, so I think, I think that can be applied to roller skating too. just like learn as much, as much, as much as you can, um, take notes on the people who inspire you, stay close to, to them. And, um, there's a, there's a phrase that my yoga teacher used a lot, which was, um, like look for the gold and the gold is that piece of advice or that video or that Thing that just like translates for you, and like your gold isn't somebody else's gold, and so that's why it's really important to to do your thing and to find find what speaks to you um because like I realize as a coach as a teacher like i'm not I'm not effective for everybody, like I'm effective for some people I'm not effective for everybody, and um for the people I'm not effective for you know, I want to help those people find their gold. Um, so, you know, that's another kind of hearkening back to this thing where we like kind of all got to work together. Like if I'm not the right yoga teacher for you, I got four other yoga for skaters, teachers I can send you to because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like doing yoga is the, is like the point. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think that's what I would say to new skaters.
1: Oh my gosh, Mary, I feel like I could keep asking you questions. Like, I'm absorbing it all right now. It's like, this is my gold. <laughs> <It's insane. laughs> um Maybe we'll do a follow up with you because I would totally love to learn more. And, you know, I would, I guess, you know, you're a skate vet, you know? You're, you're a vet. Yeah. Hell yeah, you're a vet. <laughs> <And so, laughs> there's a lot to be learned. And uh, for one that's very willing to share, we definitely appreciate that. And, I'm sure the community does as well. This has been a very moving and eye-opening episode and I hope that our listeners go that way as well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We could do an in-person one.
1: Um, oh my that? gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Um, I recently actually, I broke my metal carpal bone in my hand, but before that, by dearest God, I was practicing my ho-hos like every day. (laughs) So I'm hoping that you're like my biggest inspiration for those. And if we're just, you know, talking out here, you were saying earlier that you try to skate with discipline. Well, let me tell you, like, I can see that. I can see your style and the grace that comes from all of your hard work. And it's just so inspiring. (laughs) That's awesome.
2: Oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you.
1: <laughs> one other question I like to ask is, what is your skate schedule like? Um, and you may be a little more privileged by having one so nearby. But what uh, what is your skate schedule like?
2: Um, I had this idea when I moved here that I would skate every day, um, but and for some people they can do it. For me, it was like my body was not cool with that. So. My schedule now, or what I strive for anyway, is to skate Thursday through Sunday at least three out of those four days, if not all four days. Um and then I teach slash practice yoga Monday, Wednesday, Monday through Thursday. I usually do like a half an hour to like an 80-minute um workout. So I do a lot of off skates during the week. It's just kind of a little more convenient for like my work schedule and stuff. Um, and then the weekends are like when it's time to like get down. Um, and that's also like when the fun people show up at the ball. So. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah. My curiosity was definitely satisfied tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Amazing! I love
1: it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, kiddies, for joining the Skate CZ podcast today. We are so grateful for all of the knowledge that you shared with us, and we look forward to skating soon together. And um, yeah, just furthering the skate community. So that is the end of our episode. Thank you so much.
2: Gaty, and Fred
1: Fred Fred
0: <Yeah>.